It is time for our midday program here, a Friday edition on KRVN, and that's our favorite. You know, if we're going to pick a uh, favorite midday, they're all our favorites. They're all our children, but the Friday one, yeah, that gets a little bit of an advantage. Scott Foster here with you on this day as we are joined by uh, Susan Littlefield. How are you doing today, Susan? I am doing well. You know, that's the special child. Yes, that's a, there's always one. You know, they ask us, you know, well, you know, you're never supposed to say which is your favorite kid, but really, we know. Yeah. We know. We know. You so. do. <laughs> what do you got for us today? Well, we're going to talk weather, and uh, hopefully, for some, a cool down will come our way. For yeah. others, it'll bring some moisture that they might need. But we know guys are wanting to get in and get some harvesting done as soon as this crop gets ready. So we'll find out more details coming up at 1219. Jason will bring you the 1245, so we'll let sports talk about that. And it is Friday, which means it's our Big Iron Realty Fridays in the field. And I was able to do a bucket list with this one as they were chopping silage. So we'll get an update and a high moisture, higher than what I thought, mm, really? at over 60%. So we'll talk more about that coming up at 117. You know, I think it's going to be interesting as we look back on this year with all of the problems we had, but I tell you what, these 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 last couple weeks of heat units have really made a difference, haven't they? It has. You know, somebody said that Mother Nature got messed up on the calendar, and September's really August. August was September, right. and I truly believe it. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Thank you so much, Susan. I appreciate it. Have a good day. You too. Tyler Cavalli in here for sports, and uh, gosh, I don't even know. What's Do we have anything going on this weekend at all? It seems like it's a pretty quiet uh, weekend. Maybe some football. Maybe a little bit of maybe football. Maybe just a little bit of football, you, yeah. Can you kick the ball at all? Have you can tried? I kick? Can you kick? Because You know, yeah, because we do need someone that can, uh, you know, kick the football a little bit. What are, they, what are they on, the fourth string? I don't know. Fifth well, they, string? They, Tenth they, string? The guy from the soccer club actually is on the roster and going to Illinois <laughs> this week. I'm not kidding you. So uh, it is a weird situation. A desperate anyway. move. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Nebraska is obviously at Illinois. We'll preview that coming up in sports. Obviously, they kick off tomorrow at 7 p.m. It should be a uh, somewhat of a winnable game for Nebraska, but you never know. It with, better be. With Levy Smith. And they have a very talented running back, so that's someone to watch out for. Uh, he is one of the best in the Big Ten. Uh, staying with football, of course, Jason not here. That is because he is on the road with UNK as they're down in Emporia State. Both teams are 1-1 one one on the season. Both teams have had opportunities, and UNK in particular, and trying to bounce back and get a big road win here coming up on Saturday. And then, of course, the Nebraska High School Hall of Fame will induct its class this weekend. And the Cozad football champions from 1969 to 1970, they will be honored in the Nebraska High School Hall oh, of that's Fame. Cool. That's cool. Awesome. Very good. Thank you, Tyler. I appreciate it. We turn it over to Bob Brogan. I don't know if you have any kicking eligibility left, Bob, do you? I do not, but I did win a punt, pass, and kick competition. Oh, wait, I did. Oh, that's, that's our man. That, right I didn't know that. No. Way to go, Bob. No, I, I'm, gee, I, I don't think so. I, okay. My talent mostly was in the backyard, <laughs> kicking it over my neighbor's fence. <laughs> And getting in trouble for doing it. Okay. All right. Well, what, your talent right now needs to be in stocks. What's going on there? Stocks are edging higher, led by healthcare. They uh, uh, there was little corporate news moving the markets. Many companies are finishing up their third quarters and will report earnings starting in the middle of October. Uh, meanwhile, GM is recalling some Chevrolet small SUVs for uh, some suspension problems. The the welding apparently comes loose. That could be a problem. And regulators are looking into Jeep Wrangler complaints. Those are the stories we're watching. All right, very good. That's all coming up on Mid.
Time for us to take a look at our weather and how it's affecting agriculture for us and around the world. And uh, Paul Perkins in studio, you know, kind of unusual storms last night, weren't they? I mean, they went the wrong direction. Yeah, they were going north. Uh, we had some isolated thunderstorms pop up in west central Nebraska, pop in some uh, somewhat heavy rain and some uh, strong activity. But it uh, looks like that chance will continue mm-hmm. here. Uh, not a whole lot of activity no. expected over the next few days. Looks like the brunt of it will be off to our south and east, especially by tomorrow night. Well, it was a lot of sound and fury, and it looked <laughs> it looked impressive. We had the the upflow in Gothenburg big time, but uh, yeah, not much not much to talk about. <laughs> so anyway, it sounds like some spring or some fall like temperatures eventually going to work its way. Eventually, uh, not anytime not too yet, soon. Uh, <laughs> we're going to still stay on the warm side. I guess that's good for finishing off uh, yeah. what crops that we do have that need finished off. But uh, very summer like weather temperatures this morning right around 70 that's about 20 degrees warmer than what we usually start off with this time of year and right now we have temperatures across the area in the upper 70s to the low 80s for the most part some low 70s as you head towards the far southwest part of nebraska into the uh, nebraska panhandle a little bit of light rain towards the shandron area in northwestern areas of nebraska you may notice that humidity it's definitely up there especially in central and east areas of nebraska and kansas those dew points currently in the upper 60s to the low 70s those scattered thunderstorms remain possible through tonight as low pressure in a cold front track east through the region some of the storms could be severe that higher risk for severe weather for this afternoon and for tonight going to be across northwest and north central areas of nebraska heavy rain also possible in northern Nebraska, and that, once again, could lead to some flooding issues for northern Nebraska. Thunderstorms remain possible for tomorrow and tomorrow night. Right near this cold front, that will be moving through central and east areas of Nebraska and Kansas. The farther west you go, those rain chances decrease for tomorrow. The greater risk of severe weather for tomorrow and tomorrow night along and southeast of a line from Omaha to Smith Center and Garden City, Kansas. So basically, over far southeast Nebraska, central and east Kansas, and also into southwest Kansas. Sunday through the daytime hours on Monday, mainly dry with that cold front well to our south and east. Temperatures for today and tomorrow about 5 to 10 degrees warmer than normal during the daytime. We'll return to a little bit more near seasonal temperatures for Sunday and Monday. It's not going to last long. Slight thunderstorm chances are back for Monday night into Tuesday with some low pressure organizing over the four corners. Some temperatures much of next week, seasonal to slightly cooler than normal. But any cool down looks to be on a brief one. The long-term forecast predicts at least slightly warmer than normal temperatures for the most part for Nebraska, Kansas, and the central and eastern U.S. Wednesday through the first three days of October. The better chances of warmer temperatures those the further east you go. For late September and early October in central Nebraska, typical daytime highs are in the low half of the 70s with average overnight lows in the mid to upper 40s not mid and upper 80s like we've yeah, been seeing here right. above normal rainfall is likely for wednesday through the first three days of october for nebraska and kansas those higher rain chances across the northwest and north central u.s weather factors affecting the markets include rain and a flood threat in the midwest and continued rain chances for brazil soybean areas high pressure anchored along the atlantic coast will maintain increasingly warm and dry weather across the eastern third of the u.s a slow-moving cold front will trigger heavy thunderstorms some severe across the northern plains and upper midwest that front will interact with moisture from the remnants of tropical depression imelda the net result a wide swath of moderate to heavy rain from the lower great lakes and central corn belt southwestward to the southern high plains in the western and central midwest some very heavy rain the next five days will make flooding quite likely 
The spear is watching in the Midwest and Northern Plains for possibly disrupting early harvest and damaging crops. Locally heavy rain in North Dakota will delay the spring wheat harvest even more and cause quality loss. The Midwest and Northern Plains, though, will remain warm through the end of the month with no freeze threat. Central Brazil's rain chances will increase during the next week after a very first hot after a very first hot first half of the month. Some cooler temperatures and more rain more conducive to soybean planting for Central Brazil. Well, you know something that you said caught my uh, caught my attention because it always concerns me. You <laughs> said you said uh, something about a system organizing over the four corners. Yes, uh, for the time <laughs> being, uh, doesn't look like it's it, it will it will probably move more towards the northern plains so the better chances of rain mm-hmm. across the northwestern and north central u.s as we head towards next week so uh, they are looking at the potentials for some uh, heavier rains the further north you go here in nebraska and kansas uh, looking at an active pattern and some shower and thunderstorm chances but it looks like the bulk of that moisture will be off to our north okay well, you said that a couple times this <laughs> winter, and it didn't go well for us at exactly, all. Exactly, so. yeah. Four Corners always bears watching, and uh, it's going to bring some drought relief to uh, the southwestern part of the U.S., but also a lot of rain probably for the northwest and north-central U.S. Okay, good. No bomb cyclone or anything like that. No, That's I don't think it's so. Okay, good, good, good. All right, thank you, Paul. <laughs> I appreciate your time. Uh, where do you go to check in on your weather, sir? KRVN.com. When bad weather happens, you can rely on KRVN. We are your home for up-to-the-minute coverage of flooding. And a flooded south part of Kearney. Doesn't look like any of these roads are going to open anytime soon. Tornadoes. Three tornado warnings that are in effect right now, and two of them until 745. The storm that has spawned these tornadoes has now grown. And severe weather impacting our listening area. The southern part of this tornadic thunderstorm could be moving back through the Farnham area in the next few minutes as well. We will be to alert you to any significant weather events and we can take you to the scene with our reporters for in-moment experiences. Where we have the drone right now, we're facing to the south looking at Interstate 80 and literally right off as you head north into Kearney, this is why they have the interstate shut down, waters over the road, so they don't want folks driving through that obviously. With our social media pages, you can find photos, videos, and interviews in real time. Check out krvn.com for podcasts, interviews, and news stories. 880 KRVN. We are who you rely on when bad weather happens. It's time again this week we visit with Nebraska Extension Agricultural Climatologist Al Dutcher. And Al, another hot week across the area, which for some guys is not too bad considering the year they've had drying down some of this later planted stuff. But what can we expect weather-wise headed into this weekend and next week? Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, we do know that there is a certain percentage of our planted acres that did go in late and we've been persistently worried about freezing temperatures so yes the warmth is is nice but the concern is uh with this heat if we're speeding up those early planted varieties toward maturity so we might lose a little bit of that grain fill by speeding them through these these last few stages however it sure does help reduce the freeze risk but more importantly um the areas to the north of us probably benefited to some extent from this warmth but now we have to turn our attention to basically a renewed wetness pattern that may develop over this weekend across the northern plains and parts of nebraska and then we pay attention to yet another major troughing pattern developing as we go to the end of next week that has 
the ability to potentially develop some pretty extensive rainfall across much of the upper plains. So in the short term, this trough that we talked about last week that would slowly progress from the west to the east has been doing that. It's actually a little slower than the models were indicating last week. It was expected to be in our region next thing in our region as we got into uh, basically tomorrow and instead it's going to push it all the way to Sunday but over this next 24 hours we should start to see thunderstorm development in the northwest as the surface cold front pushes through the state and the main upper air low pivots across the northern plains that's going to drive that cold front down through the state during the overnight hours so we should see those thunderstorms progress into central portions of the state probably in the post midnight hour and then we'll be moving into southeast Nebraska before sunrise then we'll look to see for the regeneration of thunderstorm activity as that front stalls out across southeast Nebraska. It picks up a little bit of the moisture from tropical system Amelda that, that gave a lot of moisture to the Houston area. That will be lifted into this frontal boundary and that will move that moisture along the frontal boundary up into the Great Lakes region. So essentially from about eastern portions of Kansas northeastward up into Michigan, we'll see that cold front start to sag through. And we should see some thunderstorm development along that the, the entire line, and in fact may become a player in the the Cornhuskers game in Illinois tomorrow evening, as that front should be around the area. So there could be some weather issues in regards to thunderstorm activity. And as we get into Sunday morning, it looks like the last of that precipitation will exit out into southeast Nebraska. Really, that area south of Auburn to Beatrice may actually have some lingering precipitation into the afternoon hours. The model's a little uncertain on the timing. But for the remainder of the state, we should say fairly clear. And temperatures will cool back down to seasonal to slightly below seasonal norms. We'll be looking at mid-70s north to probably the upper 70s to low 80s to the south. We do see a little bit of warming on Monday and into Tuesday as we see a temporary ridging building back behind the exiting frontal boundary before the next troughing pattern moves across the northern plains. This one looks like to broaden itself out into a broad trough from the Great Lakes all the way through the northern Rockies. And above that, basically along the Canadian border, it does bring cold air down to freezing temperatures right to the North Dakota-Canadian border line. And that keeps a couple days in there next week, late next week, with that cold air. So we'll be looking at highs in that region that may not even be able to struggle out of the 50s. And we may see lows that will probably be in the 32 to 26 range, depending on location. Nebraska Extension Agricultural Climatologist Al Dutcher, you're listening to the Rural Radio Network. It is time for us to check in on sports brought to you by the Woodhouse Auto Family. Here is Tyler. Hey, thanks, Scott. Nebraska football faces an Illinois squad that lost 34-31 to Eastern Michigan last week. Head coach Lovey Smith says bouncing back after that loss will be tough against the Cornhuskers tomorrow. And after you get past the disappointment of it, you realize that uh, in a way the real season starts right now when you get into Big Ten play. Uh, they beat us uh, pretty good last year. Uh, we know they're an outstanding football team. They'll be, they'll, they present a lot of different challenges for us. Now, last week's loss was a tough one for Smith, who's in his fourth year as head coach of the Illini. It was hoped that this would be the year if he could break through with a winning season after going just 11-27 and 27 to this point, trying to rebuild things in Champaign. Kickoff tomorrow night is set for 7 p.m. Catch all the action right here on KRBN. After dropping his home opener to Central Oklahoma last week, UNK is on the road this weekend at Emporia State. The 1-1 Lopers face a Hornet squad that is also 1-1. 
Head coach Josh Lynn says this would be a big one for the Lopers to get. Absolutely, and, and uh, you know I really feel comfortable saying this, but I think we can go toe to toe with anybody in the league. It just you know we we've got to go in and we got to close out games. The UNK's last four losses dating back to last year have been by a combined 23 points. The Lopers have not won in Emporia since 1983. Kickoff on Saturday is set for 2 p.m. and we'll bring you the game on 93.1 The River and The River App. Well, this weekend, the Nebraska High School Hall of Fame will hold its 26th induction class. Also being honored will be great teams of the past, including the golden anniversary teams for COZAD with their state championship football and basketball teams from the 1969-1970 school year. Hall of Fame Executive Director Chuck Johnston says the haymakers are very deserving. I think undefeated state champions, and I believe I read where they only had three points scored on them all year. And I think they're certainly one of the best uh, SWC teams of all time. And then their basketball team was undefeated and coached by Bill Ramsey, who was an inductee into our high school sports hall of fame. And the assistant coach, one of the assistants on that team was Larry Pritchett, who has also been selected as an uh, inductee into the Nebraska High School Sports Hall of Fame. No other teams being honored this weekend include the Silver Anniversary Cambridge football and girls basketball teams that were Class C2 state champs during the 1994-95 school year. The Amherst Wrestling Program from 2005 to 2017 will be honored as a dominant dynasty. During that time frame, Amherst won 13 Class D state championships, including five dual state titles, and had four runner-up trophies in that 12-year time span. Finally, Eustace Farnham football is 2-1 on the year, heading into tonight's game with the Detchler Dragons. With seven seniors, the Knights expect to make another run in the six-man state playoffs later this fall. Fifth-year head coach Brian Fangmeyer says their explosive offense hopes to thrive against a Deschler team that has given up 70 points in each of their first two games. We two, two platoon, and, and there's not a lot of six-man teams can do that. So we're really hoping to get out to a fast start and, and have a fast-paced offensive game and, and you know hopefully through attrition cause them some problems. Uh, defensively, they, they have struggled a little bit. They've played a couple quality teams at the same time. And, and you know also offensively, they throw the ball well. Uh, you know, which has been our Achilles heel, so it's going to be a good game tonight. Kickoff from Eustis is set for 7 p.m. Listen to the game on Cami Country Legends. That's your latest sports update. I'm Tyler Cavalli. And for more, visit our website at krvn.com. Stay tuned. More of Midday is just ahead. 12.30, time for us to take a look at our local news and see what's going on. And joined by Dave Schroeder, the director himself, and... Uh, <laughs> Looks like uh, some floodwaters could come cause some transportation issues up east. Absolutely. But uh, we also want to mention, too, that Elwood Public Schools has uh, closed classes for today due to a suspected gas leak. Oh. And so classes were canceled in Elwood today. Floodwater from the Missouri River has forced transportation officials to close a portion of I-29 in western Iowa. The Iowa Transportation Department said a 10-mile stretch from North of the Crescent exit to the Missouri Valley area is closed. The detour is in operation, and several I-29 interchange ramps are closed in southwest Iowa as well. That river continues to rise and flood mostly rural land in Nebraska and Iowa and is expected to crest on Saturday near Omaha. A group gathering signatures across the state to put a property tax measure on the ballot for 2020 has added petition circulators. True Nebraskans launched his campaign in May after lawmakers failed to reach an agreement on major property tax legislation in this year's session. 
The Rural Radio Network caught up with 33rd District State Senator Steve Halloran last week at Husker Harvest Days and asked him to discuss the proposal. Senator Halloran says a major would provide all landowners with the state income tax credit equal to 35% of their annual property tax bill. It's been uh, estimated that it would cost the state around $1.5 billion in 2021, nearly one-third of its entire general fund budget. Senator Halloran was asked uh, how it would be paid for. First thing we'll have to look at is uh, sales tax exemptions. Over the years, Bryce, the legislature has granted sales tax exemptions, handed them out like candy uh, to various businesses that would come in and lobby to have an exemption not to charge sales tax. Uh, primarily, they'd be services and consumptive goods. Uh, we're not talking input exemptions here. Agriculture has input exemptions. We're going to protect those. Other businesses have input exemptions. We're going to protect those. Miss Rodeo Nebraska Association will be hosting a send-off celebration for Miss Rodeo Nebraska 2019, Eva Oliver, on October 26th. The Merriman native will compete at the Miss Rodeo America pageant in Las Vegas in December. The send-off will serve as a way for the public to show Oliver their support and thank her for her reign. The send-off will be held at the Figure Four Traditions Event Center at the Haythorn Ranch, north of Ogallala. And I'm Dave Schroeder on the Rural Radio Network. Thanks, Dave. This is Alex Wojcicki with the Rural Radio Network. Join me every other Thursday for the Angler Entrepreneurship Journey. We hear from entrepreneurs from across the state to learn about their businesses, but more importantly, we learn about their journeys and how they got to where they are today. Interested in entrepreneurship? Join us to learn more about the Angler Agribusiness Entrepreneurship Program at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln every other Thursday at 1219 right here on 880 KRVN. And if you missed the program, you can listen to the podcast at ruralradio.com. Jason Jorgensen with you on the Rural Radio Network. Well, this Sunday in Lincoln, it's another induction ceremony for the Nebraska Sports High School Hall of Fame. We are joined by its executive director, Chuck Johnston. Chuck, thanks a lot for the time, and, uh, well, it, it's that time of year again. We've got our 26th induction class. Uh, that will be on September 22nd at Lincoln East. And we're excited as we are every year, but this year seems to be a little more juiced than a lot of other years. Uh, so we're really excited about it. How about uh, where things are at right now with the, the High School Hall of Fame? You certainly have a, a wonderful location there in, in Lincoln, and it, it looks like you guys continue to do some great work uh, remembering some great athletes and teams and individuals from the past. Yeah, you know, that's our mission, to honor the past and inspire the future. And we have about uh, 7,000 square feet in the exhibit hall. It's mostly completed now. We really try to make sure we call it an exhibit hall and not a museum. We want to appeal to all ages. We have interactive exhibits. Uh, we're free, which a lot of people like. And we do our best to get schools and others to come out here to see what we have. And we're really excited about the additions we've had recently and the things that we've got going here uh, every year, it seems like it's Christmas comes up more often earlier than usual because we get nice memorabilia and we get to add new things. And we've been very fortunate to be partnered with the NSAA and the Nebraska Coaches Association. They've helped us greatly as we've gone about our mission. Chuck, let's talk about this year's class. A number of notables going in, including Scott Frost and his dad, Larry. Yeah, that makes it a little bit special. And uh, the only thing we're concerned about is Coach Frost has a game the night before at Illinois, 
and uh, then the next afternoon he and his dad will be honored. We're going to try to make sure that we honor his time because we know he's got a little game coming up the following week with Ohio State. So it'll be kind of interesting to make sure that we can get him in and through there. I know he wants to do it. I know he feels really strongly about it. Of course, it's special with him and his dad. A lot of people don't realize how great of an athlete his dad was at Malcolm High School, one of the best sprinters, football players who later played at Nebraska, and and, uh, also basketball players in the state. Of course, Scott Frost's resume speaks for itself. And when you talk about greats, another one of the inductees this year is North Platte native Danny Woodhead, who certainly had a fantastic high school career in Nebraska before he went on to a a long career in the NFL. Yeah, I think he, you know, you have to be out 15 years before you can be honored. And, uh, of course, this is exactly 15 years for Danny. And, uh, you know, he was, a, I think, a no-brainer. I'm not on the committee that selects those folks. But he was absolutely, I'm sure, a no-brainer when you look at what he did in football. If you know, We are a high school Hall of Fame, and if you just look at his high school accomplishments, pretty amazing. He was an amazing basketball player, and I know he has North Platte school records in, in many things. Um, and a lot of those were records that people will probably never break. He had 47 points in a game one time at North Platte, and he also played soccer and was second-team All-State in that while he, he did track in other seasons. So the guy was just a phenomenal athlete and one of the best the state's ever produced. We're excited to have him. Well, today we're joined by Chuck Johnson. He's the executive director of Nebraska Sports High School Hall of Fame. Their big induction ceremonies are going on this weekend in Lincoln. Chuck, I think another great thing that uh, you guys at the, the Hall do is that you, you go back and you recognize great teams from the past as you honor those when they have their 25th and their uh, 50th anniversaries. There's some uh, very, very always so hard for I'm sure for the committee to pick those teams. But one of the one of them this year is the Amherst wrestling team, which is honored as a dominant dynasty in that kind of mid 2000 to 2017 category. They they won eight state championships. They're runner up four years. Uh, I think they won the first five state dual titles. Uh, that was just an amazing amazing run by Amherst, and you know they continue to have a strong program, of course. And then you look at things like. The Golden Anniversary Team, which is the 50 years ago team, it's always hard to do that. Uh, but Kozad that year in football and boys basketball was amazing. They were, I think, undefeated state champions, and I believe I read where they only had three points scored on them all year. And I think they're certainly one of the best uh, SWC teams of all time. And then their basketball team was undefeated and coached by Bill Ramsey who was an inductee into our high school sports hall of fame and the assistant coach. One of the assistants on that team was Larry Pritchett, who has also been selected as an uh, inductee into the Nebraska high school sports hall of fame. So those are the kind of teams that are just, you know, pretty amazing that, that get in and the, the Cambridge football and girls basketball silver anniversary teams of the mid nineties were, you know, just amazing run of success that they had there with some phenomenal athletes and, uh, their football team, I know, was undefeated, and their girls' basketball team was undefeated. So it's it's crazy hard sometimes to select, but this this year's honorees are, were pretty simple, I think, in a lot of ways. Well, lots and lots of history, that's for sure, and that's the business you guys are in. Yeah, and, you know, some of our other inductees that might have particular, you know, interest around are people like Colby Whistle, the just phenomenal track athlete from Kearney that graduated. He was also, this is his 15th year out, so I think he was easy. The, some of the fun ones are there's a gymnast from Millard South named Andrea Connor that most people forgot about. And then when you start looking at her and what she did in gymnastics, she was 
for sure a pioneer and one of the early just really great women's gymnastics in our state. And, and then you got people like Richie Ross, who, of course, from Lincoln High, went on to great fame at UNK. And it's just so much fun to see those people. And we're even going to nominate, we're even going to induct Joe Wells, an official. And I'm sure many of your listeners have cursed at Joe over the years. And hopefully a lot of them have praised him, too, because he's done a great job of mentorship to a lot of young officials across our state. We're excited about that as well. And that was Chuck Johnston, the executive director of the Nebraska High School Sports Hall of Fame. Once again, their big induction ceremonies are coming up on Sunday. For more information on the hall, and this is a great place, you can find that at nebhalloffame.org. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Jason Jorgensen. It's almost time. KRVM, The River, and Cami have had a great time getting folks registered for the 2018 Bringing It Home Ram Crew Cab. We've traveled to over 70 fairs, festivals, and events in Nebraska and Kansas. And now it's just about time for us to announce a winner. Tune in October 2nd and follow along with the fun as we bring it home to one lucky winner's driveway. We're about to make a great summer the best ever for someone, and it could be you. Mark your calendar for October 2nd and listen to find out. It is time for us to take a look at uh, the businesses, business market, see what's going on out there. And we begin always by looking at the stocks. Let's begin with the world markets, and they're kind of up and down. We're kind of up and down. The Nikkei up 34, closed up 34. The Hang Seng in Hong Kong was down 36. The FTSE in London down 11. And the German DAX index down 10 so not a not big moves there by the world markets in the overnight but uh, some issues here in the in the united states stocks down all across the board the dow jones industrial average down 135 points the nasdaq is down 82 and the s&p index is down 15 right now the big uh, loser right now in uh, stocks is netflix for whatever reason and we'll have Bob Rogan come in and give us the whys and what fors. Well, I don't know if I can give you the whys and what fors. I can just say that what's up can go down, and it has gone down a little bit. Uh, stocks were uh, higher in midday trading, and that was led by healthcare companies and banks, and as you mentioned, uh, communications down right now. Um, other things happening, drug maker Merck uh, was gaining, and Citigroup, rose a little bit today among the laggards as you mentioned netflix um kind of falling off the trolley car and hasbro dropped one and a half percent there was little corporate news moving the markets today many companies are finishing up their third quarters and will be reporting earnings starting in the middle of october general motors is recalling more than 107,000 small suvs in the u.s and canada because a suspension weld can break and cause steering problems the recall covers the 2015 through 2018 chevrolet tracks documents posted today by the national highway traffic safety administration uh, say that improperly welded joints uh, and improperly welded joint can break increasing the risk of a crash. It's an expansion of a recall from April that covered the 2017 through 2019 model years. Nebraska's unemployment remained steady at 3.1 percent in August, matching the July figure. The Nebraska Labor Department saying in a news release today that the preliminary August rate was four-tenths of a point higher than the adjusted August 2018 rate of 2.7 percent. And that's kind of a double-edged sword because if you have a low unemployment rate, 
then you can't. Uh, a lot of employers have trouble finding employees, which is uh, why we continue to discuss uh, the that problem as well as uh, as other problems. So the unemployment rate steady at 3.1 percent in August, and Nebraska continues to. Uh, have that distinction of having a low unemployment rate. Well, and one of the interesting things, thanks, Bob, is that when you have an unemployment, often you will see uh, wages rise because of that, and, and that's something we haven't seen a whole lot of yet. So we'll see if we do. Yeah, that's and that's something that's currently under discussion. You know, several states are discussing that, uh, and uh, also uh, I believe there's been some hearings to, to that extent mm-hmm. uh, in Congress on the minimum wage. So, yeah, we, we may see some movement in that area, and uh, we'll keep an eye on that. All right. Very good. Appreciate it, Bob. KRVN was founded on the need for great weather reporting, so we keep our eye on the sky to bring you up-to-the-minute developments presented by Skeeter Barnes, the best beef and barbecue around, with locations in Kearney and Columbus, and by American Family Insurance, serving Lexington and Kearney. When weather becomes a threat, you need a fast response, and you get it. On air, social media, on our app, and on time. Keep it right here for weather. The Rural Radio Storm Center and 880 KRVN. It's Friday, which means it's time for Big Iron Realty Fridays in the Field. We've been following this field that's going to be turned into silage since before it was planted. And we get to see it harvested today as we catch up with Kevin Siffring just outside of Rising City, Nebraska. Actually dry dirt now, Susan. <laughs> probably the first time you've been out here this summer that it has been. We've opened this up probably, well, there before you went to Husker Harvest Days, they opened this up. And uh, now they're, uh, they came back because they've got a couple rains, obviously, like a lot of other people. And uh, so now they're, they've came, they came back once the other day and then it rained again. So now this is the third time they've been in this field. But uh, now I think they're getting around pretty good. And uh, so they're cutting it and taking it down to the dairy a couple miles away and uh, pretty steady stream of trucks. Clean it up first, then they dry it out. And uh, so it dries out the edges and stuff so the wind can get in there. Because as you can see, silage corn is uh, very tall and it, uh, provides a lot of shade obviously when that is so it doesn't dry very fast so as they go around it you can see in a few minutes when the sun hits it in the wind it changes it a lot so it uh, it's amazing how one pass they go will be muddy and then a few minutes later by the time they get around it makes a huge difference in a few minutes of rain or sun and wind now it looks pretty good you know obviously the top bottom you can see that there where the uh, where the hail beat that down and uh, those bottom leaves are basically gone now and you can see where a few snapped off you can see them laying dead in there in the bottom but uh, yeah as far as uh, as a whole it uh, looks pretty good I think the I never asked Pat he'll know more than me but uh, about that but I don't know what the moisture is now on it but I think he shoots for 68 percent after he every so many loads are tested on the moisture so well, here's pretty good you know obviously this is planted thicker for silage so uh, the uh, I think the ears look pretty good for the population I planted it at. So, And Kevin said never in his life has he not watered a field more than when the manure was applied. But this year, the rains came just right, and the pivots never ran on the silage field. Very blessed, yes. The good Lord watered it just right here. So, for My goal is 32 ton an acre, so I don't know what that comes out to per... Uh, I don't know what that comes out to, you know, per load, because obviously they're all... Some are semis, some are uh, straight trucks, so 
there's a semi going out right now so there are there's a lot of different sizes in there so very 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 organized parade I call it so it's uh, unreal what they can get done in a day especially when the ground conditions get like this they can when they have to pull them all that slows it up obviously a lot but it's amazing what they get done when it gets dry. Kevin did mention that the pivot ran a few times early on in the spring but that was to bring manure to the field. There's underground all the way from the dairy clear up to north of me a few miles and it goes over even west of the 12 East spur here and uh, yeah it's amazing how it uh, yeah about three inches of this water is enough to raise corn. Pat Klitz who manages the dairy just north of Surprise talked to me about the utilization of silage for their entire operation. In the three sites that we have here with our calf ranch with our two dairies we're going to harvest about 5,600 acres of corn silage this year. Uh, as of right now today I have eight choppers running and we'll bring in that whole harvest on 5,600 acres in about 14 to 15 days. So between the uh, involvement of the chopping crews, the truck drivers, and the silage crew, or the packing crew that comes up, uh, there's probably 30 plus people involved in the harvesting of our corn silage. Comments coming from both Pat Klitz and Kevin Siffering, our Big Iron Realty Fridays in the Field producers. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. Dewey Nelson on the World Radio Network. We're joined by John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniels Ag Marketing in Chicago and publisher of the newsletter This Week in Grain. And the grains do react uh, either positively or negatively. Well, today soybeans reacted negatively to President Trump, Trump's comments about that he would not settle for a partial trade deal with China. Not only did it drop the soybeans, but it did the hogs as well. So we're getting down to support levels in the soybean market, aren't we? Yeah, it's a, uh, you know, on again, off again. I, I was quoted in somewhere, I can't remember where it was, Bloomberg maybe this week, that, um, you know, wake me up when we're married. You know, they remind this reminds me of a couple I knew in college who would only have, uh, they'd argue and then they'd get back together and, and then, they, you know, good. they'd almost only have good times after the bad times and, it feels like we're in that cycle right now where, you know, you have a little bit of positive uh, behavior and, and rhetoric only followed by negativity uh, right after. So at uh, some point you think the market will, will want a deal. I think the market will decide it. If we're at all-time highs in the stock market and really no, uh, no real currency waves, I don't think a deal is going to be made for a while. Now, John... The real test will be when we get harvest results in soybeans and corn. That may be a ways off, given the forecast for late next week in the Corn Belt, correct? Well, yeah, and so we're just waiting for a cool-down. I mean, we've been, these, these models have been cold, really, for out east, specifically, I'm sorry, been really warm the last two weeks. So, you know, there isn't really a whole lot that we've gotten bullish, but I think the market wants to go on it. So it's kind of torn right now between bearish macros when this, this trade war comes around, and then the bullishness that, uh, you know, the, the thought of supply loss uh, would would bring. So in the meantime, I think corn will continue to just trickle in. It'll be maybe a little bit of a different year this year where in the last couple of years we've, we've had the harvest pace kind of all at once, whereas now it's, you know, it's going to get a slow kind of burn of corn uh, throughout the fall. I still think 375, 380 is a good place to start if you haven't sold anything yet. market is, is going to be supplied here, and I think the grain stocks are poured out on uh, – on Monday of next week, not this Monday, the following Monday, I think that might bring a little bearishness just due to the demand or destruction we saw this summer. 
And a quick comment from you about Kansas City wheat and soybeans. Are they now priced uh, lower than most other countries? I think beans have the upside based off yield. I think KC wheat is a sell, but I think it's a little early. Once we get closer to the end of November, I think you certainly want to be short that market. And that really will be the biggest, biggest limiter for corn. Thank you much, John. John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniels Ag Marketing in Chicago. Their website again, danielsagmarketing.com. Dewey Nelson reporting on the Rural Radio Network. Well, that's going to do it for our midday program on a Friday here in KRVN. To hear today's midday program in its entirety, go to podcasts at krvn.com. Howdy, folks. This is Rick from Divinity Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, and McCook. When you're ready to buy a new vehicle, expect that our hardworking, experienced staff will treat you just like family. Go to DaviniChryslerJeepDodge.com today. And remember, it's not a deal until it's a Divinity deal.